Hello everyone and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is I Need No Name and today I am recording what will probably be a slightly rushed podcast because I wasn't actually expecting to record this. We actually had a completely different podcast recorded by Siler and Rip London teams, but they had some serious technical issues and we can't use their audio. So I'm just recording a second one because I think they've gone to bed by now. Thing is that Bayern Munich just had an absolute nightmare of a game. Thomas Tuchel has coached us to the first loss to Werder Bremen I personally have ever seen in my time as a Bayern Munich fan. According to the statistics, we have not lost to Werder Bremen since 2008, and I have been only watching Bayern Munich since 2012. I, I, you know, I don't know what to say. That doesn't sound like me repeating itself. Like, this is our flagship show, okay? This is not our post-game podcast. I can't just let this go with a simple review of the game. So I'm going to try and talk about some more aspects, but the game just looms so large, and we have another one coming up against Union Berlin. Leverkusen keep winning. They keep winning, and there is n- it feels like there's nothing we can do to catch up to them because of what is going on on the pitch and it shadows it overshadows absolutely everything so i I don't know i'm just gonna start the usual way which means starting with the lineup and the lineup is actually where the problems begin every time the lineup is revealed every time there is no thomas muller in it okay some smart aleck in the game thread comes in and says oh no here comes the muller mafia they're gonna lose their minds and whatever and Every single time Thomas Tuchel and the team go out there and show us why people lose their minds when Thomas Muller is benched. Because did you see that? Did you see that performance out there? Why did Kingsley Coman return to the lineup? It was already bad enough last week when Thomas Muller was put out on the wing for Jamal Muziala to be in the center. Like, that is a complete backwards way of doing it. But at least Muller was on the pitch. This time Muller is not even on the pitch. And in his place, you had Kingsley Coman, who I don't know what Tuchel sees in him. I get it. He scored our goal in the Champions League final. I like Coman. I don't think he's a terrible player. In fact, he's probably on the better side of what wingers exist in football right now. But, but, why would you sacrifice Thomas Muller to have on the pitch? What does he offer? Absolutely nothing compared to someone like Muller. And It's a weird thing to start the podcast this way, but it needs to be said over and over again. When Tuchel doesn't start Muller, it shows that he has no idea what makes his Bayern Munich team tick. He does not know why his team constantly has to grind out results, why it struggles in its shape, why it constantly makes that U-shape setup in attack, why he always has to go begging to the board for a DM or this or that. He has no fundamental idea of how to use these players. The rest of the lineup was pretty much unchanged from last weekend, which is surprising to me because I thought Goretzka would at least get a chance. I don't understand why Rafael Guerrero seems to be Tuchel's go-to guy in midfield right now, given that, first of all, he's a fullback, and second of all, I don't see what he offers on the pitch to make him the go-to guy in midfield. At the very least, if he was starting over Alfonso Davies, it would make some kind of sense, but right now it doesn't. 
in defense, we had Matthias Delict and Dieter Bimacano. And in some ways, you get the feeling that Delict is only starting because Kim is at the Asian Cup. If he was not here, Delict would be glued to the bench. And Delict at least started in place of Eric Dyer, which some people thought that Tuchel might bring in Dyer and immediately bench Delict. He did not do that because he has some modicum of sense. But otherwise, you had Conrad Limer at right back. And might I say that it is a massive indictment on the board that we do not have another right back right now. The fact that Stanisic was sent on loan, the fact that Matrawi is at AFCON and we knew this was going to happen and we did not sign any replacements yet. The fact that the Nordi Mukiele transfer is just, it has no end in sight. And the same thing goes for the Kieran Trippier transfer, which Newcastle may have blocked. It, it, it just, what is going on at this club? What is going on? And then you had Manuel Neuer in goal, which, well, even at age 38 or something, I don't know how old he is anymore, but give me a break. It's like 1am here and I really should have been going to bed. But Manuel Neuer, at least he was there and he did things and I'm I'm becoming incoherent. So let me move on to the actual game. And here is where it all gets messed up. Okay, there are people who actually think that Bayern Munich had a good game against Hoffenheim last week. And to them, I'm going to have to ask, why do you only look at results and not performances? Because the game we saw against Werder Bremen was almost the same game that we saw against Hoffenheim. The only difference was A, no Thomas Muller, and B, no sudden goal from a set piece. That's it. Other than that one moment that Musiala did to break the deadlock against Hoffenheim and the fact that Muller created the most chances against Hoffenheim I believe it was five key passes if I remember correctly he had the most key passes on the pitch other than those two things the performances were identical and why wouldn't they be identical Tuchel pretty much fielded the exact same team did Kingsley Coman offer anything no because why would he he's put on the right and Sané is put on the left and Tuchel goes out of his way to pat himself on the back in interviews saying that, oh yeah, we saw that Sané when he was in Man City, he performed his best on the left. That's why we put him on the left. Not realizing that by moving Sané from the right to the left, he's actually tanked Sané's numbers for this season. Sané was playing much better football when he was on the right wing this season. And secondly, the reason why Sané played so much better on the left at Manchester City is because Pep Guardiola was the coach and Pep Guardiola knew how to set up Man City to make the best use of Sané's talents and it's not like Sané was a one-man show over there he was part of a system which Tuchel seems to be incapable of devising. In the first 45 minutes did we see Harry Kane get the ball at all? I cannot remember because like I genuinely do not remember anything of note Harry Kane did except for a single header late in the second half. At halftime, I genuinely thought he would make changes, but no. He sent out the exact same team and he did not make any subs until Mitchell Weiser got that goal. The goal was... I don't have... I don't... I shouldn't say it was shocking because before that, there were plenty of signs that Bayern Munich were surrendering their momentum. Surrendering the momentum is a problem that we've seen under Thomas Tuchel plenty of times this season and it is the main source of criticism for him. His team seems to love having possession and having chances to get up the field and pass the ball sideways, 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 which keeps creating that U-shaped position, which is like, I don't even, like, it is the most 
there is a reason why it is called the U of death in common football language. Because whenever you see a team that plays regularly in a U around the opponent's box, it means there is something fundamentally wrong with the team's offensive tactics while in possession. It does not signal a problem with the players. It does not signal a problem with how the team is, I don't know, playing at the time in terms of form or injuries. It is fundamentally a tactical problem. And the fact that we keep seeing it under Tuchel is a strong indictment of his system. The problem is the U-shape is arguably better than what we ended up getting in the second half because when the U-shape breaks down, we don't get something like what we saw under Hansi Flick or Julian Nagelsmann, which is direct attacking football. Instead, what we get is some weird amorphous blob that easily loses the ball. And then whenever Werder Bremen managed to get the ball, they encountered a very high line, which they were able to attack relentlessly and eventually... Mitchell Weiser got through the entire defense and he scored past Neuer with a wonder goal. And that was it. Once it went 1-0 up, you really felt that Bayern Munich were done. It really did feel like being 1-0 down against a team like Atletico Madrid or the VRL team we faced back in 2021, I think, or 2022. My, my brain is really scrambled right now. Sorry about that. But it shouldn't be that way because Werder Bremen are not that level of team. We just make them look like that because of how this team plays under Thomas Tuchel. And we, in fact, do that over and over again. I'm not going to recap any more of the game. I'm just going to ask you, how many more times are we going to see this exact same type of football play out? This is only our second loss of the season, which is shocking to me because I have seen this type of game happen so many times. It happened against RB Leipzig in the Super Cup. It happened against Bayer Leverkusen and RB Leipzig in the league. It happened against Galatasaray and Man United in the Champions League. Even against Copenhagen, in fact. You know, it happened against Saarbrücken in the Pokal, which made us get knocked out and is the reason we can't complete the treble. And I don't even know why I'm talking about the treble right now because it feels like any chance of us winning a trophy this year is almost gone because of the way this team performs. We win our games more often than not. I understand that. We score a lot of goals. I understand that too. Statistically, we are one of the best scoring teams in Europe. But when you saw our team trying to score against Werder Bremen, who did not do anything special in defense, all they had was a back five. That's it. That's all they had. And in spite of that, Bayern Munich could not find any ways to get past them. There were no ideas, no creativity. Jamal Muziala, Harry Kane... Deroisane, these guys were on the pitch and they could not make anything happen. Chances only started coming when Tuchel did what he should have done from minute one and subbed on Thomas Muller along with Leon Goretzka as well as Matty Tell. I will give the subs credit they did bring life into the game but it was too late because you subbed them on after Bremen had the goal and by that point they were motivated to take all three points at the Allianz Arena. It is just... A complete failure of game management and I honestly think that Tuchel would not have made those subs had Bayern not been losing at that point, had the goal not gone in. It was almost a panic reaction to the substitute, to the goal that went in. It was not something that he had planned to do to increase the pressure. Why does Tuchel keep doing this? His tactical choices are so baffling. Let's go, let's review them from top to bottom. First of all, Kane. Harry Kane, what does he do? He is not playing like a striker. And why? We spent so much money on this guy so that he would be our guy. He would be the guy to replace Lobot Lewandowski. And he has done that in terms of just goals. And in fact, he's 
gone above and beyond because he gets assists too. But in terms of being the guy that stands at the top of the pitch, is the target man, is constantly linking up play and bullying centre-backs and doing those things. A thing that Bayern Munich needs its hold-up play target man striker to do. He's not doing those things. In fact, most of the time, when Bayern Munich are, is in the build-up, Harry Kane is dropping deep to collect the ball and find a pass to someone. Which, okay, fine, that's that's his strength, etc, etc. But it doesn't play to the strengths of the other players that we have because... When Harry Kane drops deep, more often than not, he does not have any passing options. There is no one he can play the ball to because this is not a type of team that will often get chances for runners to make and be make runs in behind the defense. Bayern Munich often under Tuchel often finds itself consistently pushing teams back deep into their box. So what we are facing is a park bus, and there is no point in having Harry Kane drop deep against a park bus because that just means you're losing his presence inside the box and his ability to score goals, and at the same time, you're losing any ability for any of the other players to create goals and chances for him. When chances fall to any player, they should be following to the player who has the highest chance of converting them, and it does not happen that way. Instead, it keeps falling to guys like Leroy Sané or Jamal Musiala, who I like the way they score goals, but often, more often than not, they miss. They are not as clinical as a true striker like Harry Kane. And on top of that, it just does not threaten the centre-backs the same way that a true target man would. I do not understand this obsession that Tuchel has with making Kane work this way. And it's bleeding into the rest of the tactical choices he make. And I'm just going to have to mention this. This was a common joke on the green thread. It feels like Harry Kane at this point is more of our sporting director than a striker right now because we already drove that joke that Kane is our DM into the ground because it's not funny anymore. We practically play without a midfield these days. I'm getting to that. But in the transfer market, it feels like all we can sign right now are Kane's buddies. So maybe he's doing Christoph Freund's job for him and that's why he can't be bothered to play as a striker right now. Maybe that's the explanation. Now, the reason that this is a problem is because it plays into the rest of the tactical decisions that Tuchel has to make. He keeps playing Muziala in the middle and there is a reason for it. And Dasher actually wrote a really good breakdown of the problem with having Kane drop deep and also having Thomas Muller operate in that zone. Now, obviously, like for any sane person, the answer would be to just have Kane not drop deep and have Muller operate in the attacking midfield zone. But Tuchel being Tuchel, he's come up with the two stupidest options to try and fix this problem. He has allowed Kane to keep dropping deep and he's put Muziala as a kind of pseudo second striker type role where he is tasked with receiving the ball and then trying to run between the lines. Sort of like if you remember how Aubameyang used to score a lot of his goals, that's kind of how, or maybe Timo Werner. That is what Tuchel wants right now. He wants a Timo Werner out of Jamal Buziala. And it's nonsense. It does not let him dribble. It does not let him make use of his passing talents. It does not let him link up with anyone. I don't even know what is going on. The only time Muziala was able to get into the game is after the subs were made, when Bayern Munich were desperate to get a goal, at which point Tuchel decided, okay, experiment done. Let's do what works, which is Muziala on the wing. Why? Why? If you know, and this is the problem with Tuchel, he knows what works and what doesn't, but he insists on what doesn't work because he is stubborn to a fault. It keeps bleeding through. Again, if Muziala is in the middle, then you have to put Leroy Sané somewhere. And you can't have him drift into the middle like he used to with Thomas Muller in the middle because Muziala would then have to drift wide. And that's 
completely defeating the purpose of putting Muziala in the middle. So what does Tuchel do? He keeps Leroy Sané on the left, where instead of being able to cut inside and shoot, which is what he's very good at, not as good as Iron Robin, but still very good at, instead he keeps being put on the left where he's expected to overlap with Alfonso Davies. Like what? First of all, Davies and Leroy Sané do not have any chemistry with each other. They play like they have not even seen each other's faces sometimes. I do not know what's going on with them. And Sané, he seems to have lost all confidence in his shooting. He seems to want to try and constantly dribble and make a cutback. And this is such a waste of a player of Sané's talent who could be doing so much more. And in fact, on the right, he does so much more. And that is why when subs were made, Sané immediately went to the right. And tell me how this makes sense. Tell me how any of this is benefiting Bayern Munich in any way. I get that statistically Sané was better on the left when Manchester City were playing him on the left. But there are so many differences between Bayern Munich and Manchester City in terms of how the team is structured and how the players around him function and how the players in front of him function. And because of that, Sané playing on the right is so much better for Bayern. And that's why consecutive coaches who are very good at their jobs, Flick and Nagelsmann, despite what I've said about Flick and Nagelsmann in the past, and I, I criticize coaches a lot, I get it. But consecutive coaches have tried to make Sané work on the right. And it does make him feel uncomfortable. You can see it on the bench. He's not quite as comfortable, but it does suit the players around him. And that's what Tuchel should be doing. And he doesn't do it. He tries to make things work for the players that he likes. He tries to accommodate Sané and accommodate Harry Kane. And that is coming at a cost to the rest of the team, which is being felt on the pitch. Maybe not in terms of results, because this is only our second loss in the Bundesliga all season, but it is being felt in terms of the quality of play. And if we pl- keep playing like this, it won't be a surprise to me if Lazio beats us in the Champions League round of 16. Or if even if we get past Lazio, what does it matter? Because we're going to draw Manchester City or Real Madrid or whoever the hell, and we're going to get our faces smashed in because we are not that good. And that shouldn't be the case because we have lots of potential to be good. Just put Kimmich... Sorry, not Kimmich. I have to talk about Kimmich after this as well. Oh my God, so many things to talk about. Um, Just put... Kane as a striker, just put Muziala on the left, where he can link up with Davies, because Muziala and Davies, they have chemistry, they like each other, they are good at playing with each other. Put Leroy Sané on the right, where he was doing well, and he can actually sometimes link up with Conrad Lime. God knows what Limer does, and put Thomas Muller in the middle. And even if you think that Thomas Muller cannot run him anymore, as you have very clearly mentioned in your multiple interviews, Thomas Tuchel, please then use the setup that you used to such great effect against Stuttgart, where we saw a system which was like a 4-4-2, and you had Thomas Muller staying high up and Kane dropping deep. That system worked. Why have we not seen it since? What happened to it? Why have we gotten rid of a good thing? And the problem here is, in fact, after the Stuttgart game, Tuchel came out and said, what happened to the Stuttgart game was completely unintentional. You didn't even want to play that way. So, (laughs) do you understand how this... It just vexes me as a Bayern Munich fan because it feels like the coach has is seeing a completely different thing to what we are all seeing on the pitch. The good, he ignores the good and f- tries to focus on fixing the bad by doing worse. It doesn't make any sense. The, it comes back again to the midfield. Rafael Guerrero, what does he do? Why is he there? What What does he offer? He's a good player. I do not doubt that. And I think Tuchel was right in bringing him... F- in from Borussia Dortmund. I get it, okay? I get Guerrero, but I don't get what he's doing in midfield. What does... He doesn't offer anything. I, I keep bringing this up. 
Gretzka there, he would offer physicality, he would get the ball out the pitch. He is not the most positionally disciplined, I will admit this, but he can be good if the system lets him be good. He was good under previous coaches, he was good under Nagelsmann and under Flick, and because of that, just let him be in midfield next to Kimmich, and Kimmich, my god, I mean, where do I start with Kimmich? He doesn't even look like a footballer sometimes. Like, he doesn't pass like he used to, he doesn't play the ball like he used to, his set pieces are abominable. How bad can his set pieces be? And the weirdest thing is that statistically, he's still good. Statistically, he's still doing the right things. And I think this comes back to the U-shape. What happens? Why does a U-shape form in midfield when a team is attacking? It's because players are not able to take the risk and find the forward passes. And that's what's dried up for Kimmich. I'm losing my ability to speak English. That's what's dried up for Kimmich. He's lost the ability to make incisive forward passing. Okay, that is why we end up stuck in this U-shape so often. We do not have those line-breaking passes that Kimmich used to be so good at. His distribution is limited to just passing the ball sideways, getting the ball, passing it to a winger or a fullback. We do not see any of the classic Kimmich creativity anymore. And he used to be one of the most creative players on the pitch for us. There wasn't a... It wasn't a very long time ago when Kimmich, playing as a right-back, was rocketing up the assist charge, getting more assists than anyone, including Trent Alexander-Arnold. And when he could do that, it didn't really change that much when he went into midfield. It just ended up being that instead of getting the assist himself, he got the hockey assist. He got the pass leading to the assist, or he made the pass leading to the goal. And that is what is missing, and that is why I agree with people who say that currently a lot of our issues are a midfield issue. It's not an issue of the attack or the defense or the wingers or whatever. It is the midfield issue and it comes back to Kimmich. But the problem is that the midfield issue is created by Tuchel, first of all, antagonizing Kimmich, then limiting his position, sorry, not his position, his role on the pitch, and then third, just being confused as to what Kimmich is supposed to be doing. Like, is he supposed to be a deep-lying six? I don't think so, because often Kimmich goes high up the pitch. Instead, Kimmich seems to be caught somewhere between a six and an eight, asked to do the job of both, but not exactly given the responsibilities of both. Therefore, it's just such a confused thing that I'm not surprised that Kimmich genuinely looks confused out there as to what he should be doing. Every time he receives the ball, he takes a second to look up, see what his options are, and then decide what to do. It makes his game so slow and ponderous. It just... It's like watching Bayern Munich in slow motion. Compare that to when Flick was in charge. When Kimmich would get the ball, he wouldn't need to look up. He would just pass it because he knew where his teammates would be. And this goes back to, again, what is Tuchel doing in training? Because these players do not show any hints of automatisms in their play. When Thomas Muller is on the pitch, then I see some correct movement, some movement of the ball, some semblance of pressing. But when he is not on the pitch, nothing works. There is nothing to suggest that these players even look at each other when they're not in when they're not playing together on the pitch. It's like they had more time than any other team to prepare for this game. They had an entire they had an entire training camp in Portugal. This is the funniest part. And in, like this is the second time Bayern Munich have lost a game after Tuchel has gotten an extended period to work with his players. The last time was against Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, thankfully, this game wasn't as much of a humiliation as Eintracht Frankfurt, but it almost feels worse because we are we needed this win and we did not get it. And it feels like the more time that Tuchel gets 
to drill into his players the ideas that he wants from them, the worse that they look. It genuinely feels like the best game that Tuchel had was his game against Borussia Dortmund the first day that he took in charge. And since then, it's just been all downhill, going downhill progressively. Then he got a little bit better when Kane came in and started papering over the cracks. Same thing goes for Sané. And then once those two stop papering over the cracks, here we are. We are losing to Werder Bremen, who are not one of the best teams in the world. I promise you this. They are not Real Madrid. They are not Man City. And we should not start sitting, falling over ourselves to clap Werder Bremen on the back for beating this current edition of Bayern Munich because it is not a big achievement. Bayern Munich do not play good football on a week-to-week basis. And the problem here is that people see a 3-0 scoreline against Hoffenheim and think everything is fine, where it isn't. It really isn't. 90% of what we saw against Bremen and what we saw against Hoffenheim was the same thing. There was just that 10% difference that made all the difference here because when a team like Bayern Munich with players like Kane and Muziala and Sané and Muller and etc when they just get a small margin they take from you a lot that is what Tuchel is doing it is the reason why he cannot afford to bench Sané or Kane because he knows how fine the margin is between him getting wins every week and him losing that is why we see players like Matty Tell and Pavlovic not get the starts that they deserve because they are because Tuchel really knows how much trouble he is and how much pressure he is under, despite the fact that we have overall good results. Look at the defense, okay? Look at the defense. What is it that the defense does? Alfonso Davies, his decline needs to be studied because it is not a decline in his physical abilities. Physically, he's still where he used to be, and he still gives us glimpses of what he can do. When he gets the ball, he does manage to get those runs in, and he does manage to still save us on the transition when the ball goes out of play but the problem is that it feels like the team has changed around Davies in a way that makes him almost completely redundant because what does Davies do well he is great at transitions in the time that possession is overturned he is excellent at pouncing on those situations and making things good out of them that is why he excelled so much in Flick system because Flick system was a team that relied on transitions to create damage to the opponent. You know, instead, what happens in Tuchel's system? Tuchel's system is control-oriented. What happens is that the team pushes up, they keep the ball, they keep trying to work their way through possession into the opponent's box and get some shots or some goals in. The reason that this doesn't suit Davies is because, first of all, he doesn't have the wide open spaces in front of him to run into anymore. So whenever he gets the ball, he is often finds himself confronted by one or two, maybe even three defenders. And it's very easy for him to be dispossessed in those cases. Okay, so therefore what happens is, and this is the reason I feel that certain fans have been criticizing Davies' ball control and his ability in possession lately, Position-wise, he's just getting the ball in all the wrong areas and therefore when he tries to do the thing, he tries to beat opponents with pace, he simply cannot because he does not have the space in front of him to do that. And when paired with Leray Sané, the problem just gets exponentially worse because Sané is trying to play with Davies like he would a normal fullback. But Davies is not a normal fullback. He's effectively a winger who tracks back really, really fast, which is the advantage. Because of the current setup, he does not... Like, it, it, Sané does not really interplay with him with that in mind. He does not go outside allowing Davies to come in. He does not allow those options there. So what happens is that Davies is generally just trying to run in a straight line down a very narrow stretch of the pitch. And if he gets dispossessed in that narrow stretch, that's over. That's it. There is no 
people say that Davies is an elite attacking fullback, but if you carefully watch him and if you leave your biases about how Davies is supposed to play outside for a moment, if you just look at how he plays, would you see an attacking football? You will not. All you will see is a fullback who gets the ball and often just passes it into the middle or passes it into the feet of Sané, who then tries to do something that used to be Davies's job, you know? And then on the defensive end, again, he's being rendered redundant because what happens is Bayern Munich are often very high up the pitch and when the opponent loses the ball, there is no real transition that happens. Instead, all the action takes place high. The idea by Tuchel is that the players should all close in to the guy who has the ball and that forces a long ball. And then Upamecano with his pace chases it down and, you know, this uh, makes sure that the attack stops in his tracks. If if not Upamecano, then Neuer using his usual sweeper-keeper thing, that, that's more than enough. And in general, the number of times that Bayern Munich gets dispossessed when it is playing in Tuchel's U-shaped system is very low. And being dispossessed is a bad thing. And I guess you could say that Tuchel is justified in deciding to limit the number of times his team is dispossessed. But it actually works against him in this instance. Because what happened to Bayern Munich when it was dispossessed under Hansi Flick? What happened was you had the lightning fast Alfonso Davies who could get back and harass any player who got the ball in a good position when it was dispossessed. Therefore, Flick's team was able to take much, many more risks in possession and therefore was willing to get dispossessed. And also, Flick's team had a very good idea of what to do when dispossessed to get the ball back and force another transition where they could attack and attack down the f- flanks or the middle, whichever one it be, because they also had the at- attacking autom- automatisms in place. Meanwhile, Tuchel, what happens is when we get dispossessed, you just have a moment where Upamecano drives back and he gets the ball and then he passes it to Neuer and then the build-up restarts all over again. You let the opponent again go back into their shell. They are not in transition anymore. They've just gone back in and Bayern Munich again goes back into the U-shape and it's again another long, laborious process of trying to get up the ball to someone like Harry Kane who never receives the ball or someone like Muziala who might conjure a moment of magic and see if they can manage to get the ball into the back of the net. That is the problem. It is so, so predictable. It never makes the opponent uncomfortable or do something that they are not, they did they did not prepare for. This is the reason why Thomas Muller is often the difference in all of these games. He's just an X factor that they really can't prepare for and just having him on the pitch makes things a little bit less easy for the defenders and that's why when he came on we suddenly saw a lot more chances flowing. Then you have Upamecano and Delict. Delict's confidence to pass forward seems to be really shattered and it seems to be sim- similar to what's going on with Kimmich. I do put credence in the rumors that Tuchel does not rate Delict's passing and for me that just goes to show that Tuchel is causing a decline in the passing of the entire team because Delict used to be a great passer when he was at Juventus and at Ajax. What is going on here? All Delict ever does is get the ball, he immediately passes to Davies and doesn't try to do anything else. Absolutely nothing. And what is the point of this? What is the point? And again, the the same thing that causes Alfonso Davies to be completely outclassed as a defender in this system, the fact that Bayern Munich does not operate on transitions anymore, that also hurts Delict because Delict's exceptional strength as a defender is not his pace but his ability to anticipate and know where to stand in defense and know when to come out and intercept the ball and make sure to keep momentum while also preventing counterattacks. He's not allowed to do that in this system because 
whenever the opponent gets the ball, he's never in a position where he can step out and block the ball. He's always in a position where it's rather one pass past him and then Upamecano just ends up chasing the ball down. If the ball is in his vicinity, it's in a position where he is not accustomed to or rather it does not play to his strengths because it forces him into a foot race with attackers and he is not good at that. So again, another player who has become a victim of the system that Tuchel has in place. Delict was bought practically for a different type of buy, meaning a type of buy, meaning that Nagelsmann or Flick would have liked a team that takes many more risks than the type of football that Flick is trying, sorry, Tuchel is trying to play. And it just shows. The only player I can see really flourishing right now is Upamecano. And because he is the guy that Tuchel puts into the thick of things, Upamecano is the linchpin of Tuchel's system. He's the guy who does all the passing out from the back. He's the guy who receives the ball from Delict or Neuer when they don't know what else to do. And he's the guy who chases down balls and sweeps them up and keeps the opponents from scoring. The problem is that if there is ever a ball that Upamecano cannot get to either because he was not in the correct position or because the opponent somehow managed to bypass him, then it's over. It's it's done. None of the other defenders are even a factor. I don't even want to mention Limer right now because Limer, Limer has issues, but those are not necessarily the fault of Thomas Tuchel. If it was Madrawi playing today and we still lost, then I could blame Tuchel for that. But Limer, Limer's problem is the fact that he was bought for Nagelsmann and now he has Tuchel as his coach. And honestly... Quite frankly speaking, based on what I've seen from Lima this season, I don't even know what Nagelsmann saw in him. And I don't even know what I saw in him. These Leipzig players, God knows. But it goes back, I guess, to transfers now. And the fact that we don't have another right back, the fact that we are saving our money on Joao Paulinia. In the last podcast, I mentioned that Paulinia, it he may or may not be the missing link and may not be the guy who takes us over the top or makes Thomas Tuchel's system work, it does not matter because he could offer us some options going forward. He could offer us maybe the option of playing Kimmich at right back, for example. And the fact that the bosses do not see this as even an option and they see all they see is the 60 million euro fee to Fulham, which we were already prepared to pay in the summer. The fact that that's all they see and they're trying to save money. It, it is baffling to me what this is all about. Upper management really needs to take responsibility for this. What is Christoph Freund even doing? Why is he only going after former Kane buddies? If you're going to go after players that Kane played with, at least try someone decent like Hyung Min Son. Like, why go after Kieran Trippier? Trippier is pretty decent, okay? But he's not guy I thought we would be signing at this stage in the transfer window. Why is the Nori Mukiele transfer taking so damn long? Why did it take so long to identify him as a target and why did it take so long to get to this point with PSG? Whether or not the transfer gets over the line at this point is ephemeral because we were promised that transfers would be made before the Portugal training camp. And instead, what are we? We are here. We are about to enter a busy part of the season, a very busy week with the Union game replayed and then games after that. I think it's Augsburg or whatever. And we don't have a backup right back. We don't even have a starting right back, in fact. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is this squad construction? And what are we doing? We have plenty of money. We made a profit despite buying Harry Kane. We made a profit last summer. And the summer before that, we barely spent anything despite buying Matthias Delict because we sold Robert Lewandowski. So what is going on? Where is the money going? What are these guys doing? It cannot be going to an investor because I know for a fact that Bayern Munich is fan-owned. So what are we doing? If the Glazers were in charge of Bayern Munich right now, you could at least put your hands up and say, those greedy Glazers, 
they have taken money out of our club but no one is taking money out of this club so where is the money going what are they doing with the money is is like what is the point what is the point of saving your money when you know that right now you are in a situation where you could lose the Champions League and the Bundesliga and go the entire season trophyless and you're not making any kind of investments. Sack the coach right now and start getting some players in, some proper quality players. Get Palinia in. He wants to come and Fulham might be willing to budge if we pro- offer the proper amount of money and it probably would have been a 10 million euros or so less expensive if we had properly opposed them maybe a month ago instead of doing it now. But let bygones be bygones. Get Mukiele from PSG. Do something because at the in the state it is right now, even if Tuchel were to be sacked, we are just one or two injuries away from a completely disastrous season anyway. So while Tuchel needs to take responsibility for his own failings, and I do think that the team is good enough to beat Werder Bremen, and I think the team was good enough in many other games, but Tuchel came up short, that does not mean that the team is good enough or the squad is big enough or good enough for our ambitions this season. Right now, we are just praying that Nusair Matsraoui comes back intact from the AFCON because if he doesn't, what do we have left? Like, seriously, what do we have left? Do we put Alexander Pavlovich in the middle and then move Kimmich to right back and that's it? That's that's the best we can do? Why is that the best we can do? Why isn't there anything else that we... Like, last season, we got Jan Sommer and Joao Cancelo in the winter market and Brazil got sacked after that winter window. So... Where is the standard being set for Freund? What are his mandates? What is he trying to do? It feels like Freund is having an even worse transfer window than Brazo ever did. And I don't know, man. I, 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 I feel so disillusioned by what is going on with Bayern Munich at the moment. It's like everything is so dumb in so many ways. Instead, you know my conspiracy theory? My conspiracy theory is that club has already written this season off. They don't think that Bayern Munich can achieve any of its goals this season. That is why they're waiting for the summer where they think that players like Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka and, well, Alfonso Davies and Nusser Matsraoui and Matthias Delict, all of these guys will probably want to move on after the treatment they received under Thomas Tuchel this season. And once they move on, we realize that it's probably going to be very expensive to replace them. And Thomas Tuchel has some very expensive tastes. He seems to only want to buy from the Premier League or whatever. And because of that, the the team, which, well, at least the executives, they seem to be all in on this concept that Tuchel can be the guy for us. Although we did hear some criticism of him from Jan Christian Driesen today, which I hope is a good sign or a sign that Tuchel will be sacked at some point soon. (sighs) Well, what can I say? It's just like they might really be planning for a complete rebuild. And I just, to that I have to say, if you take this team, if you take this team and then suddenly chop off some of its best aspects from the last few years, players like Kimmich and Goretzka who won a treble, or players like Dilek who was our best player last season, in my opinion, and someone like Fonzi who is wanted by Real freaking Madrid to be their generational left-back talent. Like, if you're doing that, then what is left? If you're saying that these guys are not good enough for Bayern Munich, then who is good enough? Some guy who's played 30 games in the Premier League? Is that is that the standard that we're setting? Is that really how we're seeing our talent that has worked so hard to get here and has won so much for us? It genuinely feels like the board is out of touch with the genuine state of the squad and they believe whatever Tuchel is selling, which is the fact that the team is not good enough to 
meet any of its goals. And because of that, I feel very apprehensive about what is going to happen. I, at this point, I, I would say that even an elimination in the round of 16 to Lazio is on the cards. Because if 12th place Werder Bremen can beat us, then why not Lazio? Why not Lazio? And people need to start considering this seriously. If that happens, what's left? Like, think of how humiliating that would be. After signing Harry Kane, getting eliminated in the round of 16. And again, I keep mentioning this, but it doesn't matter if we beat Lazio because, like, we'll just go in the next round and get knocked out of the quarterfinals anyway. The team is not performing that well enough to actually beat a decent team in Europe. And we have not beaten any decent sides yet this season except for maybe Stuttgart. I just have to ask where the line is drawn. I have to ask when people start blaming Tuchel for what's going on. And I have to ask why people actually think that the squad is not capable and does not deserve the investment that it needs to just get over the line. I feel like Bayern Munich is almost there. It just needs a little bit more. And that's what's more frustrating. If we were miles away from the top, I could sit down and say, okay, fine, let's let's use this season to maybe experiment, maybe like do a few decide who deserves to stay, who deserves to go and do some spring cleaning in the summer and then come out with a completely different look by Munich side next year. Let's use this for a rebuild. But we are not in that state. We do not need a rebuild. Instead, what we need right now is investment and a coach that can actually take charge of the players and decide to do something right with them, use their talents to the best of their ability. Because if we did that, we would beat anyone on this planet, including Manchester City. And I do not see how so many people in the fan base cannot see that. I I genuinely start to blame Tuchel himself, but it feels like there are some parrots. He has his own Tuchel in Brigade that come out and always keep on bringing up the number of points he's won in the Bundesliga this season, on top of which the... The fact that statistically we seem to be good, but statistics are not the entire story. There is the eye test and Tuchel fails at the eye test. And how long will he keep failing? Because the eye test is seriously what matters, especially when you get to the latter rounds of the Champions League, which is why we brought in players like Harry Kane in the first place. It's because we want to win the Champions League and not just the Bundesliga, which we've won over and over again. Not devaluing the Bundesliga by the way I still want to win the Bundesliga this season and I think that it is a travesty that we are not leading the league even though Leverkusen have been very good I still think we there were the games that we lost this season were completely winnable and the games that we drew were completely Tuchel's fault there was no reason to draw to Bayer Leverkusen RB Leipzig and the fact that we did shows that Tuchel could not match up against his opponents properly but in the end it, it it feels like I'm uh, my arguments are falling on deaf ears because it feels like the fan base is divided between these two camps, the Tuchel in and the Tuchel out camp, and it's possible that the board also sees it that way. There is generally no empirical way to prove that a different coach would be better than Thomas Tuchel unless that coach is actually brought in, and bringing in that coach would be expensive because you have to pay off Tuchel for the one and a half years that he has remaining, and then you have to bring in someone. And who knows who would bring in? My choice would obviously be Hansi Flick, but people have soured on him after what happened at the World Cup. I get that. I get that. And if not Hansi Flick, obviously you Heynckes. I know that you Heynckes is a complete fantasy, but I would like to see him back. If not him, then who? I, I don't know who. I genuinely don't know. It should be the board's job 
to have replacements for Tuchel lined up by now. And in, in fact, they they should be talking to people right now to take over this instant. I know we have Union in like three or four days. That's more than enough time to make things right. If given that we have significantly better players than Union Berlin, any coach could do better with this squad, in my opinion. Well, maybe not any coach, but any decent coach who understands the squad could do better. And the players themselves seem like they need some kind of pick-me-up. Tuchel himself... Seems like he's losing his squad right now. He, he, he In the post-match commentary, he literally said, I don't know what went wrong. I We have to find a solution. And he said, you have to ask the players why it's going like this. And then he keeps on bringing the fact up that they are training well. They are doing well in training. And he says, I have been a coach long enough to know when my players are doing well in training. Well, maybe your judgment is just not working. Your judgment is the thing that is getting us these lineups where Thomas Muller is not in there and your judgment is getting us these insipid performances where we keep seeing a U-shape in attack and no real ideas and Harry Kane never getting the ball and etc etc what does it matter if these guys are doing so well in training if this is the product that we see on the pitch I would much prefer a coach that is doing much worse in training but gets far better results out of the team results are the wrong word to use here far better performances out of the team when the when push comes to stuff that is why Again, I want Hansi Flick. It feels like Tuchel is doing the worst job at not just training, but also man management and also just in general in terms of his talent ID and his talent integration. Like, for example, why does Alexander Pavlovich not start? Why does Hali- why does Mati Tell not get a chance? Why is Rafael Guerrero preferred in midfield when he could be giving Alfonso Davies some genuine competition at left back. These are all decisions that the coach could make completely independent of the squad that he already has, completely independent of the tactics that are not actually working on the pitch that he still refuses to do. It's not like Tuchel has tried everything and it did not work. Tuchel has many things that he has not tried and he keeps trying the wrong things. And that is the entire problem. And let me talk about the Union Berlin game. What do you think we'll see against Union Berlin? Will we see a different Bayern Munich? Probably. I think after this Bayern Munich, we'll do the usual thing. We'll talk the talk and we'll come back. And Union, since Tuchel did not get much time to prepare his team between this game and the Union game, he will probably not have any time to get them further drilled into the bad habits that they've been developing. And therefore, what will happen is that you'll get a decent lineup against Union and they're probably going to win. And it may be a convincing performance, may not be but the pattern will just repeat. We'll probably go against another team at some point down the line, and it's going to be another insipid U-ball-shaped performance. Maybe Thomas Muller will be benched. Maybe he won't. But in the end, I think the coach, the time on the coach has run its course. I think it's time to get rid of Thomas Tuchel. And if not now, then when? What is the bar for the performance to be? If Saarbrücken wasn't enough, if the Leipzig game at the beginning of the season wasn't enough, if almost losing the league title to Dortmund, if not for a historic collapse last season, was not enough, then what is enough? We need to stop letting the specter of Nagelsmann haunt us. Yes, maybe the Nagelsmann firing was premature. I don't think it was, mind you. I think the Nagelsmann firing was justified and the only problem with that was the timing. It should have been made earlier, but... Okay, I can understand maybe if the people in charge think that the Nagelsmann firing was not done properly, but that does not mean that Tuchel should not be fired already. He's doing worse than any coach I can think of in Bayern Munich, and I genuinely feel that it's an Ancelotti-esque situation where 
if he did not have the pedigree he already had from being at Chelsea and winning the Champions League? Well, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't think that if Thomas Tuchel was called Niko Kovac that he would be getting as much backing as he is. When Niko Kovac says that I can't go at 100 miles per hour with these players, he gets ridiculed. But when Thomas Tuchel says, hey, you have to ask the players, we're doing well in training. I don't know why they can't perform on the pitch. Then people are like, oh no, poor, poor little baby. He needs Joao Palinia ASAP. He needs another 100 million spent on his defense and midfield and right back and etc. etc. so that he can beat Werder Bremen who have probably not seen 100 million in their entire existence. And probably their stadium doesn't even cost 100 million. So, <sighs> does anyone understand how ridiculous all of that sounds? Does anyone realize how ridiculous this entire thing is? We are sitting here afraid to fire a coach because we think that the players that have brought us success are not suddenly not good anymore. And instead, we are going to go into the summer. We're going to let the coach that... Mind you, Thomas Tuchel has never been a talent ID coach. At Chelsea, when Boley tried to get him to reshape the squad and tried to get him to take an active role in transfers, he said no. Why is he taking an active role in transfers at Bayern Munich? What is... Why would you let him do that? Why would you give the keys to the castle to Thomas Tuchel, a guy who has never built anything at any club that he has been part of? He's a great manager for winning now, but when it's clear that win now is not an option, it's very clear, based on what we've seen from Bayern Munich this season, that we're not going to magically turn into a treble-winning Bayern, mainly because the treble is out of reach, but also because we are not playing that well, and Bayern Munich are not like Real Madrid, where we can suddenly just turn on the afterburners and fluke ourselves to a Champions League title. We're not that kind of team. What is the point of continuing with Tuchel? He's not a project like Nagelsmann. He was given a two-and-a-half-year contract. It would be cheaper to sack him than it was for Nagelsmann, than it was for Flick even. And instead, what are we doing? We are basically giving him complete control. And if the worry is, or if the plan is that we are going to let Tuchel do whatever he wants to the squad and then give it to Zabi Alonso further down the line once he's done coaching this juggernaut of a Leverkusen team to literally every trophy possible because God knows who will beat them. Maybe Klopp's Liverpool seems like the only chance that they have to lose in the Europa League, which doesn't help us in the Bundesliga, but I'm just rambling. The thing is that if the idea is that Tuchel will maybe get some of these players out and change the squad and get some good players in it, like he did with Harry Kane using his pull, and then we get Zabi Alonso later... That is the wrong idea, because if you let Thomas Tuchel continue with this squad, what is going to happen is that he's going to piss off some of the most important players that we have, and then you're going to have talented players like Kimmich, Goretzka, Davies, Mazraoui leave, and on top of that, other talent like Tell and Pavlovich, they're going to rot on the bench. We've already seen what's happened to Stanisic, he didn't get his chance, and then he was shipped off to Leverkusen, and... That is going to do more long-term damage that can't be fixed just by hiring Xavi Alonso. We need to get rid of Nutukul now before he causes us irreparable damage and we are left completely adrift and we do not know where to go, which way to go forward, which way to go back. It would generally be a Man United-esque situation at that point. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want my team turned into Man United. And... I ended up ranting for a lot longer than I thought I would. I, I, I was I was expecting that I would have this done in like 30 minutes and then I'd pass it off to Chuck for editing, but I think I won't be able to do that this time. This was Bavarian Podcast Works. 
please leave your comments on this absolute debacle. I'm going to title this something inflammatory. Uh, sorry about that. That by meaning needs to sack Thomas Tupel right now, even though the content of the podcast is maybe a little bit more nuanced than that. But I hope I got my point across and I hope that this semi-coherent rant recorded at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. now. That was done after I got out of bed, after finding out about the technical difficulties that uh, Siler and Ripple Hunt and teams had with their recording that I had to do. Um, I hope that this was satisfying to you and I hope that you continue to listen and continue to provide your feedback and continue to share this with people because I, I genuinely enjoy getting feedback on this stuff even if most of the feedback I get is people telling me that I need to let other people speak more which is why this is the best podcast format for me because then I can just rant into thin air in my bedroom. Man, th- these kinds of things just take it out of me. It it used to be a time when Bayern Munich would put a lot of joy in my life, but right now it just it feels like a drag every week. Every week, and it's not just because I have Saturdays on call. Every week it feels like when a Bayern Munich game is coming up, I think, oh no, what am I going to see this time? Rather than being excited to watch my team play. And I think that is the biggest tragedy. I love Bayern Munich and and it really hurts me to see the team in this state. I really hope that the board and the coach do what is necessary to make this team successful because I want us to be in Wembley at the end of the season lifting the Champions League trophy. Um, I really cannot say anything else. Everything, every criticism I make here comes from a genuine place of love for the club and I hope that the team gets better. And if Thomas Tuchel can turn it around from here, I don't think he will. I am completely against him right now and I hope that he sacked ASAP. But if he does, and if he does manage to win everything, I will be the first person celebrating because in the end, it's all about the team and I hope that the team does well. I, I don't know how much more clear I can make this, that people think I'm anti by meaning because of that, but I am not. <sighs> I think that covers about everything. So yeah, thank you for listening. This was Bavarian Podcast Works. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other podcasting platforms that I keep forgetting the names to. You can find us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks. You can find the podcasters themselves on Twitter. I am on Twitter at BFWINNN. I don't really, I use the Twitter to look at memes. I don't really actually post anything there. But if you add me, I will maybe like your comment or something. Let me know. And the others are also on there and their handles are given in the podcast description. I do not remember any of them. And obviously you should check out our blog because there you will not only find great coverage of everything that is not only said and done by the board and by the team and also analysis from tactical analysis to observations and match awards. You will also find a very vibrant community of like-minded Bionic fans who are ready to discuss this with you. And I am always there answering questions and like defending my arguments or whatever. So if you want to argue with me, that is the place to do it. So please do check out our blog. And thank you for listening. This was I Need No Name recording an emergency full-length flagship episode. I cannot believe I have ranted for one hour. So yeah, good night.